Now I want you all to help me out. Help me finish this idea. If I've told you once, I've... Don't... There's even... Ya te dije como mil veces, right? My goodness. What about this one? Don't make me tell you... John, how many times do I have to... Tell me what? I didn't... Now, we won't get into uh, your own personal ratio, how many times you've had to say that and how many times that's been said to you, because I think we all get the idea of what that means. And maybe, maybe not, but maybe I'm thinking about what we read, what Patty read from Acts. Maybe that's kind of what Peter was feeling one day as he and John were out. Peter and John had just had a confrontation with a man who, was, who, who had been lame from birth. Okay? And, and they do their apostle business, and this man gets up and goes. But what's strange about this whole interaction for Peter is not that the man got up and went up. What's strange to him is that after the man got up and went on, all of a sudden, there's a crowd of people around wanting to know what in the world just happened. And I could see Peter saying, what are y'all talking about? What have we been trying to tell y'all all this time? This is nothing unordinary. This is, this, is, this is just how it is. Remember that guy, Jesus? Yeah, y'all remember him, don't you? We tried to tell you. He tried to tell all of us. But what happened? Well, you went and had him arrested. Yeah, that was you. Had him handed over. Had him beat. We heard you yelling, crucified. That was you. That was him. And there he was, he hung on the cross and he died. But you know what? That wasn't the end of the story. Because then he came back and he said that anybody who could believe that could have forgiveness of sins. Oh, Peter, man, you know, get, get an apostle, get a preacher, two people, and that's all he needs. And he's off, he's gone. And then, right at that moment, he, he, he begins to give everyone a confession of faith. You would believe that you could be free from sin. Right on, Peter. Now, anybody can you know, happen to show up on, on, on the time that we're reading this, or somebody can just you know, flip open a Bible and happen to read that passage and think, man, Peter, this is a real deal. This guy, man, he, was, he was confident in what he was doing. He knew what God was calling him to do, and it was, it was fine. And that's... That was Peter, but I want to rewind just a little bit to our gospel reading that we had. In our gospel reading, remember, it's still Easter, Easter Day. Okay, so put your mind back two weeks ago, flowers, family, friends, Easter eggs, candy, all that business, right? Still the same day. There, Peter. Some of the other disciples, and some of them had just gone to see the empty tomb or the somewhat empty tomb, and they come back and they've met together, and they're, I don't know what to do, or this is what's going on, what are we supposed to do now? As they're there, two of them came running in through the door. Guys, you're not going to believe what happened. We were on our way walking to Emmaus, okay? And we were going. And we were just kind of talking about what was going on. And this guy came up to us. And he asked us, 
He wanted to know what we were talking about. So we started telling him about Jesus. And, and then he says, well, what are you guys talking about? Let me tell you. And he starts telling us about Moses and the prophets. And he goes on. And then it was Jesus, y'all. It was Jesus. We can't believe it. And, he, and then the other guy, the disciples, like, well, why didn't you stop him? What did he say? What did he look like? What, what, what happened? Tell us more. And in the midst of all this chaos, guess who shows up? Mr. Chaos Squasher himself. And what's the first thing he says to that group of chaos-filled men? Peace. Be still. I wonder what the benefit could be for our lives if we could learn that in the middle of all of our chaos, whatever that chaos looks like, Chaos at home, chaos at work, chaos you know, even in our own minds and our own emotions, chaos with our kids, chaos with, with things going on. In the middle of all that chaos, we could learn to listen to Jesus showing up saying, listening in the silence. Oh, I think we would benefit much from learning how to do that. So here Jesus is, and he's looking at the disciples. What's wrong with you guys? Look, you've seen a ghost. What are you so scared about? It's me. Don't you recognize me? Look. Would a ghost have flesh and bones? Come on, y'all, it's me. Look. Look at the scars. Y'all got anything to eat? Fish? Oh, fish is my favorite. Oh, good. Mmm. Some good fish, guys. Mmm. There's some good eating. Mmm. Could a ghost do this? No. Guys? This is what I've been trying to tell you. Oh, I'm no ghost. It's me. Everything I told you about, everything we talked about, everything you have been learning ever since you were a little kid, learning your Torah, learning the law of Moses, learning your Psalms, everything you've learned is right here. You see it, now you understand it. This had to happen so that everybody could see it and believe and have forgiveness from God. You've seen it. Believe. Because now, you are my witnesses to this. It's a nice way of saying You've got a job to do now, gentlemen. And it's time to go to work. So what happens after that? Well, you know, Jesus, I guess, kind of leaves again. And the disciples, they wait around in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit comes. Right after that, you know, 3,000 people join the cause. They do a little healing here. More people listen and join the cause. And then little by little, those 12 disciples begin to 
expand out, go their separate ways into really all the world. A few years later, a group of people are meeting in a small little building down the way and they kind of get to a point where, you know what, we just don't fit here anymore. We need to, we need to put together a building plan and, and, and create and build a building. And so they get together, get everything ready, construct a building with a nice kitchen with rooms and restrooms, which seemed to be a, a commodity, I guess, when it was built. Built all these nice facilities with plenty of chairs. And then even a few years later, all that comes together where you and I meeting here this morning, hearing the same thing all those people heard throughout their lives. All of us, friends, have the same question we have to answer. Whether we are one of those first disciples, whether we are one of those first 3,000 people who heard the disciples, whether we were members of the early church, whether we were members of the, you know, the medieval church, whatever, everybody up to now has the same question. God, what am I supposed to be doing? What do you want me to do? There was a young girl who had never attended a church service before. She had gone to a wedding and a few things like that, but she had never gone on Sunday morning for an actual church service. She was with her grandmother. and The pastor gets up and he says, let us pray. Well, what happens when the pastor says that, y'all? What does everybody do? We all pray with our heads down, right? And so the pastor says, let, our, let us pray, and everybody puts their head down. The little girl's looking around. Grandma, what's everybody looking for? That might help you in your quest to answer that question. God, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know. What are you looking for? What are you looking at in your life that's important to you? What are you doing in your life that will help you find the answers to that question? What is it you really want to know about yourself? What is it you really want to know about God, about faith, about this world when you answer that question? Are you too busy looking at everything else that is here today, might be, probably will be gone tomorrow? Are we too worried about the things that are good for us right now And we haven't thought so much about the things that are good for us and for others for an eternity. What are we looking at? I happen to believe that the church is full of people who love God. Full of people who want to answer that question because they have a love for God and they want to Seek after God's will. They want to answer that question, God, what am I supposed to be doing? Because they want to honor God with their life. If you want to answer that, what are you looking at? Peter 
when he was so bold, the disciples, when they were so bold to go out and do what they did, you know what they first looked at? It was the risen Christ in that room with them. It was the cross, the power of the cross made real to them. Now, I can't tell you what to do. But might I suggest that we never lose sight of the power and the message of the cross. In the same way that that changed the disciples, the same way that that empowered, encouraged, and any other kind of word you want to put in there, the same way it did that for the disciples, friends, I am convinced that it will do that for each one of us as well. Know the power of the cross. Know the forgiveness of the cross. And know the truth of the cross. And may that truth make us free. In Jesus' name. Amen.